I wear the badge because I believe that everything I do every day matters to somebody I in the public. I wear the badge because I enjoy problem solving. I wear the badge. I give people I wear the voice. badge because I am very proud to serve the community. I wear the badge because I enjoy helping people. And that's why I wear the badge. Welcome to the Wear the Badge podcast, a production of the Minnesota Chiefs of Police Association, where in each episode, we'll explore the realities of law enforcement. It's a rare look and listen inside the often misunderstood profession of policing. So let's separate fact from fiction and perception from reality right now. Hi, everyone. I'm Andy Skugman, your host and the association's executive director. When it comes to the policing profession, fewer people are entering and more are exiting. These trends are impacting law enforcement agencies of all shapes and sizes in all corners of the country. In this episode of Wear the Badge, we focus on one community, comparing the past to the present, and make some interesting observations. Bloomington, Minnesota is a suburb just south of Minneapolis. I think we're the third largest city in the metro area, fourth or fifth largest city in the state, and our population is just about 90,000. That's Jeff Potts, Bloomington's chief of police. He joined the agency in the early 90s and took over as police chief about 12 years ago. Bloomington has 45, 46 hotels. About a third of the city is parkland. We have the Mall of America, which is attracts about 40-some million people a year. So from a policing standpoint, that just means there's a lot of variety. There are 124 sworn officers in the department, and most of those officers are likely in for the long haul. Chief Potts says Bloomington only loses around six officers per year, a fairly low attrition rate. It's been that way for a while. John Locks is Chief Potts' predecessor and served as the city's top cop from 2003 until he retired in 2008. Unlike a lot of other departments, Bloomington has been, still is pretty much, a department of destination. Once people get there, the most common reason for leaving is retirement. There's very few officers that leave to go to another job. So what is it about the Bloomington PD that makes it so attractive? These two men have a long list, beginning with all of the employment possibilities. There's a pretty sizable investigative division. We have about 22 or 23 investigative positions, plus supervisors in in three different units. We instituted crime tech positions, which assisted Hampton County lab services out the field. We dusted the prints and took pictures for things that normally most departments would just ignore because they didn't have the staff to do it. We have a retail crime unit stationed at the Mall of America. We call it our South Loop unit. Uh, We have a a large patrol division. It's about two-thirds of our overall staffing. We have a five canine unit in the patrol division, plus an additional drug dog in our narcotics unit. And we had one of the four bomb squads in the state of Minnesota. We had our own self-contained SWAT team. Bloomington might not need to worry about retaining officers, but it does have cause for concern when it comes to recruiting them. Chief Potts is noticing a significant decline in police officer candidates despite being such a coveted department. We, five years ago, would get 500-plus applications. Uh, Last year, I think we were in the mid-350s. There are some cities that are seeing less than 50 applications. And so that is a major concern, right? I mean, that speaks to just fewer people wanting to get into law enforcement. Now, let's go back 15 years when interest in the policing profession was at a high. Chief Locks would receive hundreds of applications each hiring process. Like many chiefs did at the time, he'd narrow the candidate pool with a written test. 
sometimes we would eliminate people that passed the test because we had so many that would pass that we're not going to interview 150 people. I just wasn't practical and I'm just picking a number out of the air. He'd find a natural break in the scores to get down to 40 or 50 people and proceed from there. Today, in response to the shrinking candidate pool, Chief Potts is taking an opposite approach to hiring. We found that the written test was screening out a lot of people that we think probably could be very good and productive police officers, but for whatever reason, and we're not alone, I think this has uh, been researched across the country that uh, written tests are, are becoming a thing of the past. Instead, they interview every single candidate who's qualified and eligible to be hired as a police officer. What that means is we do a couple of hundred interviews on the front end, and it's really a pass-fail. It's not a super in-depth interview. We'll call it a screening interview. And so the, the folks that move along then go to a more formal and scored interview. In addition to the regular hiring process, Chief Potts is using some other methods to find new officers. One of them is Pathways to Policing. It provides a route for non-traditional candidates who have at least an associate's degree in any discipline and a community service officer program or internship for college students. It's this kind of innovative thinking that gives Chief Locks confidence in today's police chiefs. They're not just sitting there saying, well, see, it's a tough role and I don't know what to do. They are trying to figure out ways to attract people that are unconventional. He believes leaders now are more qualified to deal with these challenges, pointing out that when he got into law enforcement in the late 1960s, there were no special requirements to become a police chief. Well, nowadays, you need a four-year degree and probably a master's to even be considered to be a chief anymore. So they're very educated, they're very community-oriented, they're very willing to listen. Qualified leadership is a must, especially during a workforce crisis so widespread it's even impacting a so-called destination department like Bloomington in Minnesota. The chiefs agree something needs to happen to stop this troubling trend, which is affecting agencies everywhere. I think we got to continue to try to positively brand law enforcement and to kind of counter the negative messaging that's out there. And one size doesn't fit all. What fits in Bloomington may not fit in Edina or Maple Grove or Blaine or whatever. So you've got to uh, adapt to your community. Comparing one community's past and present, we make one final observation. In a way, the more things change, the more they stay the same. When we look for a police officer, we still want that person who wants to help in their community. They want to get involved. They're looking for a job that allows them the ability to go into the community and try to make a difference. This episode was written and produced by Amanda Grayson. For all of us at the Minnesota Chiefs of Police Association, thanks for listening and for your support as we work together to recruit great people to the policing profession. Real officers, real people, real life. We're the badge.org.